What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Lita Johnson. I'm here. I'm back in Philly, right here in North Philly, right on Broad Erie. I am, once again, your host of Follow the Leader Podcast, Lita Johnson. We are here for Villanova Radio. Now, I will be at the Stony Brook Villanova game. Shout out to all the love I'm getting, Nova Nation, Nova Gang. This is how we do it, man. I just really feel like um, Villanova had a hard-fought game, real hard-fought game. And, you know, them Cats went through a lot, man. I mean, them boys, listen, the Wildcats are a good team this year. And JMU has been good. And I think the way they played, people shouldn't be down on anything that happened. It was a good game. They had it to the fourth quarter. This is a young team. They're still learning. JMU has guys that have been planted in that organization for a minute. I mean, excuse me, in their program for a minute. So, um, things happen. Things are guaranteed to happen when teams are more experienced. But this team is solidified as a, a team that can get out there and, and dog it out. So, now Stony Brook. And what does the Wildcats have to worry about with Stony Brook? Um, well, Seba Nikit is their, their top guy. And then they got Isaiah White. And they got Tyson Lawton. All guys are averaging over three three ninety or more carry. I mean three three hundred ninety yards or more. All right. Um, you're looking at these guys and, and what they bring to the table. It's three running backs that Villanova has to worry about. Not not to mention that you know Tykel Fields is another guy. This is a this is a real good team that you know they're a little underrated. But they went against some tough losses. Uh, they're a team that's evolving. The Villanova has to be ready for them. Um, Lawton and White both five and six touchdowns, respectively. White has five. Lawton has six. We're looking at Niket, who's the, the leading guy. You know, he's averaging 5.6 yards per carry. He's dangerous. And you look at other guys on this team, if you look at their passing, I mean, you're looking at how Tykel Fields really, really gets down um, – He's a quarterback that can that can run the ball and pass the ball. So we're going to have to really watch this guy out there. Um, Stony Brook has a squad. They, they have a squad that can win a game. So we're going to have to really come in here and, and not oversleep on a team like this. Um, Nick Anderson is their top receiver guy. I mean... 22 catches, 429 yards. Uh, John Constant, 22 catches, 359 yards in a year. Uh, Andrew Trent, they're going to have to stop these guys. And Constant leaves them with five touchdown receptions, so that's the guy that's getting that red zone. So these are the guys you have to really watch out for as far as the offense. On the defense, Stony Brook comes with Augie Contressa, who 55 tackles, you know, leads the team. And you look at uh, Reggie Demanche, who is 43. When you're looking at sacks on this team, you got to get Sam Camera, who has three sacks on this team. You know, uh, Contressa second on this team with that. They got guys that get it to the quarterback. This is going to be a tough game. I mean, I'll tell you like this, man. This has been a tough – this hasn't been an easy road for Villanova. No matter what games they've won, no matter what what when, what capacity they've won, they, the Townsend game, they've had some games that they end up tough. And Stony Brook going to be another one. The Seawolves are a team that's going to be tough. Looking at Villanova and where they're at this year, uh, Barley is going to be the guy. Him and Jalen Jackson are the two guys you got to look at as far as running right now. And I am really, really anxious to see Ayo Dorajayi. 
Ayo Durajayi is, I have so much, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm just looking to see him get out, get off, you know. And so I'm kind of excited, you know. Kind of excited. I'm very, very excited in this opportunity to see him get down from Damascus. Damascus Beast, D. Will Barley. I told y'all when they got this guy, I said, this guy's good. And he's going to get off. Jalen Jackson, waiting to see what happens. Come on back, because when he gets back, it's trouble. All right? Villanova's deep. They've been deep at running back, okay? Um, Daniel Smith has had one of those years, man. Right now, D. Will Barley is 274 yards rushing. Three touchdowns on the year. Jalen Jackson, just alone, had 228 yards before he went down, 5.6 yards per carry. D-Will Barley's averaging 6.1 yards per carry. Just to give y'all a little pointers on just how good. And Ayo Durajahi, this guy's a track star. He reminds me of Ricky Waters the way he runs the ball, but with more power. Um, Daniel Smith is just having a great year, 1,615 yards with 20 touchdowns. All right. Uh, not to mention that, Daniel Smith has rushed for 234 yards and six touchdowns. It's 26 touchdowns on the year, people. Is anybody keeping up with just how dynamic he's been? Chenga Hodge leads this team. Well, him and Bo- Hayek have just had breakout years. Both. Both have 26 receptions on the year. 395 yards for Hodge. He leads the team in receiving yards. 391 for Hayek. Who's just, both of them have five touchdowns. We're talking about two dynamic guys that that – it makes it easy for Smith because of how dynamic they are. Ty Summers, 23 catches, 183 yards. Zach Kirkston, can we all stop the underrated? 16 catches, 246 yards. Experience matters. There's Boykins, averaging 14.4 yards per catch. McGreg averaging 13.5. Barley averaging 11.2 yards per catch. This is These are all big things to look at. When, when Ben Gillis gets the ball, he's averaging 19.3. When Jones gets, Javon Jones gets the ball, he's averaging 15.7. Just off the two catches Perez got, 15, two for 30. Let's just focus on that. But what I'm telling you is guys are catching the ball in, in, in long strides. They're catching big plays. Interceptions, um... You know, you know, Trent has three. Jaquan Amos has two. You know, you're looking at a solidified squad here in Villanova. And, and it's just, this football game is a little different. Finding Carroll. Can, can we talk about my guy, man? My guy. I don't even be, come on, kickers, I got love for him. But, man, I'm just too excited because I remember when they recruited this guy. And he's just, I like to see him get a recruit and then, boom, he's dead. All right? 46.8 yards per punt. Jesus Christ. Do you know our quarterback kicked a 25-yarder? All right. I'm just going to say Daniel Smith. Shout out. Um, Finding Carroll kicked a 75-yard punt. You heard me. He kicked a 75-yard punt this year. Seven of them was inside the 20. Six of them was 50-plus. He's going to the NFL. You can say what you want to me. If they don't get this, if this guy's not with the NFL, NFL team, the, the recruiting is with Scouting is, is done. It's done. If he keeps this up, goodness gracious, averaging 60 yards per kickoff, nine touchbacks. I mean, if you go see a kicker, you want to go see Finding Caro. Nathan, Finding Caro, dog. <laughs> go see him. Love this guy. Now, and the defense, I just love the defense. And I think in Pennsylvania, there's been a lot of defense between Temple, Penn State, great defensive football in Pennsylvania. No question. And Forrest Ryan had 62 tackles. 
10 tackles for a loss and five sacks. Going for his fumble. This, what can you say? He's looking NFL. If he keeps that up, watch out. Drew Rowley has 38 tackles. Seven tackles for a loss. Three and a half sacks. Interception. Five pass breakups. He's been all around. Two forced fumbles. Three quarterback hits. That's Drew Wiley. Nawula Ewapetu. 37 tackles. Four pass breakups. He's always been a playmaker, though. I just feel like he's a playmaker. Chucky Smith, 34 tackles. Um, Amen Black. That's my guy, Philly. He, he, the year he had 33 tackles when he left. Uh, 1.5 um, tackles for a loss. Um, two quarterback hits. He's always around the ball. Keeling Hunter. Always a guy. 27 tackles. Uh, Elijah Trent, 25 tackles. You know, three interceptions. He's just been a guy. What are you, you going to do to him? You can do anything you want him to do. Christian Brentford, 25 tackles. Jacqueline Amos, 24 tackles. Pickett has been 23 tackles. I love when they got this recruit. I love it. I love it. And look at him doing Malik Fisher, six, uh, six tackles for a loss. Which which were those six sacks he got? Twenty tackles, six sacks. He's just such a, a monster back there. Five quarterback hits, two forced fumbles. Fisher's a monster. Darren McDaniel, I saw it. I saw this happening. He's another guy nobody talks about. Nineteen tackles, but does more. Quentin Quashin Townsell, another guy nobody talks about. Eighteen tackles. He's been a great playmaker. I just waxed her. His first year, one of the freshmen. We talk about Hayek. We talk about Barley. We talk about Waxter. Thirteen tackles, and this guy's another track star. Gary Zobel. Garrett Zobel has had a good good year also, you know. 12 tackles. Another guy I've been looking for, uh, you know, the good Aaron Siegel, Julian Williams. C.J. Presley has three tackles for a loss this year. He's another freshman we don't talk about. Owen Thomas. Some guys get caught up in just numbers games. So many good players like Elijah Glover and, and Owen Thomas and Peter Fallon. You know, Patrick Reed has, has contributed this year. Jared Nelson has contributed. Elijah Solomon. Michael Taylor. Nobody forgets about the, the Michael Taylor has just begun to touch what he can do. This is a good team to look at on so many sides of the ball, and I really feel like that Nova will come out. They'll come out mad, and they'll come out win. Um, talk about basketball soon, but the, 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 the recruiting in Villanova is big. Isaiah Gowdy. Uh, there are two guys, Robert Snead, Stephen Craig Jr. I, I keep on... I don't know. I mean, Philanova has the recruiting process. There's nothing wrong with it. But these are two guys who, who, are, who are super interested in playing for Villanova. Super interested. They've been interested ever since. They even were getting recruited by um, Division One teams before they went, you know, before Stephen Craig Jr. went to Central Oklahoma University, University of Central Oklahoma, and before Robert Snead um, pl- played for the New Jersey Warriors. When he was playing for um, – he's about to play for Last Chance U – and um, Independence in Kansas, but his mom got cancer. He had to take a, a year off football, and now he's with the New Jersey Red Warriors playing safety, being a beast. That's a guy. These two guys are guys in the recruiting that, that I really feel Villanova should go after. Anytime, uh, you know, two guys are so dedicated. Steve Crager's family's, um, you know, they're from the Pennsylvania area, so that's a big thing for him. And Robert Snead just wants to stay home, their home, New Jersey. And he loves the way Villanova plays defense. He loves the way they defensive backs are. I mean, that would give him an unbelievable check at 6'2", running a 4'5". 
that would give him an unbelievable chance to be a super monster at Villanova. I could see it all day. Ola Adams getting a, a, a hand on that guy. Stephen Crager, if Ross Pennypacker gets his hands on Stephen Crager Jr., look out. So those are two guys I'm looking at. Uh, you can look Aiden Howard. Uh, it's a guy. Um, Tim Santiago. Tom Santiago at, at running back is a great pick to pick up to get. I think he will be a Villanova Wildcat. I just think that that will be a great addition. Uh, DeAndre Wakefield, another running back, could get an offer. Just looking at some guys that you could see Villanova really getting off the scholarship. You know, um, Christian Gordon, another guy, a linebacker. Another guy, a linebacker that um, could end up getting an offer soon. Just watch, just wait, you know, as, as, as the recruiting period ends, Villanova always makes a push and gets some guys. I really like how, I really think that the recruiting class in 2020 is going to finish out very strong. It just is already looking, at, uh, looking like a team that could be better than last year's recruiting class. Just, just fall back, settle down, and just wait. I think Villanova really snatches a very special class again for the second straight year. And they've done it before. Year before, they just keep getting better at recruiting. So look out for that. Now, basketball. <laughs> oh, man. We talk about some things. Uh, Hoops Mania was unbelievably awesome. Guys like Jalen Duren and A.J. Griffin showed up. Two NBA prospect type of guy. Jalen Duren is number two in 2022 class. Next to Monty Bates. The super man child, and uh, he's from Roman Catholic. Jalen Duran is a beast. All right, um, we're talking about even more when you look at um, AJ Griffin, he's the, he's the number one top target, it's no question in 2021, it's no question. But it's going to be such a tug of war between Duke and now Kentucky's trying to get involved. It's going to be a blue blood battle once again. Once again. You know, uh, Villanova has been on him before Duke and Kentucky. So this is going to be something to really look at. Very going to be a hard fall. Do I think they'll get him? Who knows? This is what I'm saying. Who knows? This is going to be a battle. Just like the Antoine battle. To the end. To the very end. So we'll see what happens. Ain't like Villanova can't get him. That's what you don't need to look into. Villanova can can get Griffin just like. People got to stop thinking that it's because Duke Kentucky involved it's over with. Depends on how hard Villanova gets involved. Once Devin Askew didn't do the visit, there was no way Villanova was going to try to make a push. And, and you basically saw like, hey, it's a wrap. Kentucky is going to get it. Because once you, once you, once you cancel those visits... That that's basically what it looks like. Like, oh no, I got Kentucky. That's it. I'm gonna go with Kentucky because Villanova was in the running. They were they were neck and neck for Asku. But once that visit got shut down, there's nothing you could say. Nothing you could say until the visit was rescheduled. So you know, then Villanova's pretty much man. They don't want to spend too much time on a recruit when they can spend time on another one. So you know. After you heard about Devin Askew, you saw you heard about visits to Langston Love, to Max Christie. You know, uh, they have they have been hard on Nana Njogu. I think they're trying to get that commitment wrapped up. I think that is one where they're looking at Nana Njogu. I, I really think he's a Villanova Wildcat. It's only a matter of time. 
and Trey Patterson. It's another guy who I feel like it's a matter of time before. Those two guys, I, I'm still on it. Those will be the first two guys to commit. You know, I felt the same way about Justin Moore and Eric Dixon, you know. And I, I'm feeling the same way about Nina Njoku and Trey Patterson. I feel like those two guys are the number Wildcats. Now, Langston Love, watch out. Like, I'm looking at guys like Trevor Kills, who's another good point, uh, guard that, you know, coming from Brandon Slater's high school. They always recruiting guys from their high school. They staying, they stay recruiting guys from their high school. And um, Kills is, is one of those guys to look at. Langston Love, I feel like it could be right now. Langston Love, um, is 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 even over Max Christie right now. Max Christie, you know, Duke is after him. And looking at AJ Griffin. You know, I think Langston Love is that guy that could end up being their third guy. It just looks like that. They're, 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 they're courting him. They're courting him hard. And I think that could happen. The fourth guy I think they're after is a 2022 guy in Jalen Duran. They are going. But looking at what will happen if the rules change, if it happens. I mean, they, we haven't heard anything about the one and done going yet. But people are thinking that they could either. It could be, you know, it's always a, a common a common medium because if you look at the the drafts, they, they wanted Monty Bate to go to – I mean, college and NBA are, are not that far apart in, like, business talks and, like, not none of them sit down, but they, people people meet each other, people talk to each other, and, and, and both of them – at the end of the day, both of them end up – they end up – coexisting with each other because if they didn't care NBA would have been made this rule they would have been made this rule but now if you look at it the hype of a guy going to college just exceeds the hype of the NBA draft even more when they see him in college that he comes to the NBA draft when you go to a college and you and you make your presence known all of a sudden it's like oh here comes the NBA draft what this guy did with Duke look what this guy did with North Carolina State or Villanova or whatever Rather than a guy like, man, he was good out of high school. And then the high school has no NBA players. The rest of your high school team has no NBA players. The rest of your high school team has no hype. It's just you. Rather than you go to a university, which has hype in itself of being a college. Everybody talk about college don't. College definitely matters. Not to the student, but that's a one and done. Because he feels like he wants to go to the NBA. He don't want to go to college. But... That just shows you how much they care about what you feel like you want to do because they haven't changed the rule yet. So, of course, they're young. They want to, I don't want to go to college. I want to go straight to the league and get this, these millions. But it's not about you. It's about the NBA and college, too. They want to get their millions, too. They want to get the Adidas and the AAUs. You know, they want to, they want to okay, you, you go from your AAU and your high school to college. And all that follows you, Adidas. All them follow you to college. They follow you to the NBA. They follow, look. That, that's good. Oh, I had a guy that went to Duke. I had a guy that went to North Carolina State. AAUs. You know, so it's all even common medium. So we'll see what happens with that. But Jalen Dern's a big guy for uh, Jarius Walker. Uh, another five star out of IMG is a uh, target of Villanova. Okay, so. There's a lot of good players Villanova's after, and it's going to be something interesting to see. Rasul Diggins is still a guy to look at. Jordan Longino is still a guy to look at. You know, um, 
Diggins is, is, is a real good point guard. We'll see. What, right now, Caleb Daniels has shown what he's going to be able to do. Let's go to the blue-white scrimmage game. The blue-white scrimmage game was phenomenal to see what guys can do. Justin Moore can handle that rock. I've told y'all he can play point. He is going to be the point-type player. He can bring the ball up. He can shoot the ball. He's just going to get better with each game in college. He's a very, very mental, disciplined guy, great basketball IQ before just shooting and scoring and all that. Caleb Daniels, I just can't wait to see him play next year. He looks like another field booth. More explosive. Period. That's that's what he looks like to me. You know, um, that'll be even better when, you know, when Antoine leaves. Y'all can say what y'all want. Antoine's out of here. All right. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl looks good. Look great, look 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 good in the um scrimmage game, look even better in the USC game. Twenty points, nine rebounds. Cosby Roundtree looks ready. Eric Dixon looks ready. These guys are athletic, they ruling around. Um you know, there's a lot of things that need to be worked on, more passing, uh shots, finding shots, uh defense, but you can see it all. You still can see it, the defense. Looks like it can be immaculate. Shooting looks like it can be immaculate. Passing like it can be immaculate. But, you know, it all needs to be worked on. The chemistry's not all the way there. But you can see it. You saw flashes. Chris Archidiakono looks good. The boy can shoot from anywhere on the court. Um, only thing I only guy that is Slater. Slater's the only guy I haven't seen too much out of, but he's not a guy. He lets the game come to him. Don't be fooled by not seeing what Slater can do because when, when, when the game is on and when the green light is on, Slater's going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen, no question. The starting lineup looks like it's going to be Jermaine Samuels, uh, Colin Gillespie, um, if, if he's starting the season. We'll see if that happens. You know, November 5th, they play Army. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Kyler Gillespie, Jermaine said Right now, it's, it's, it's Justin Moore and Jermaine Samuels. You know, um, but Kyler Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, Sadiq Bey, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Damia Cosby Roundtree. They all will start. Now, the thing is, when Antoine comes back, it changes the dynamic. What happens? We say what happens. I think if, 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 and what won't happen, Gillespie will be back before Antoine. But, Antoine can play that point position and more be on the bench. Antoine can play that point position very, very accurately. Like he can play both guard positions elite. Um, he can pass, he can penetrate. But um that's it. Jermaine Samuels would be the guard shooting guard. I thought it was it would be Slater, but I I didn't think one time, but that's a good idea to put Samuels there because he's a slasher. He has size. He can play, he can defend. You put Bay there with Robinson Earl. and I, I told people about Cosby Roundtree. I told you. I told you. I told you. The, the, the confidence in Cosby Roundtree being the center and the experience he has of being a champion, you want all those guys on the floor. You want all three of them on the floor. No matter what type of minutes he comes off, you want them on the floor. Um, looking at this team, and Antoine comes back, it's different with Gillespie because Gillespie's a junior, but Antoine's a freshman. Gillespie knows the you know you come up off an injury. Gillespie knows the team. 
He knows the offense. He knows all that. All right? He knows that. So you bring a guy like that in, it's no question. But Antoine's a freshman. He didn't even have a chance to really run with the team like he's wanted, like he's supposed to, this and that. So you would come in and let him just bring his way. That's why I told people, people's like, I think Antoine starts. You're not going to bring a freshman that just came off an injury where he didn't even get to really practice with the team chemistry-wise. You're not going to bring a freshman in like that. You're not going to say, oh, stick him in the starting lineup right now when everybody else has more chemistry together. You want him to come off the bench, so when he come off the bench, you give him the ball, let him get loose, let him get in. Next thing you know, boom, he's, 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 he's killing. He's doing his thing. There's two things that can happen. After a couple of games, which I would say like 10 games, and you see Antoine impacting, he starts. He starts. But then again, if the starting lineup they have is effective, at the start, if you get Kyle Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels, Sadiq Bay, Jeremiah Russell Earl, and Kyle Branch, and they're all effective, what would you take them out for? But it won't be like, it's not like that Antoine won't get started as minutes. We know that. We know that from the Phil Booth years. We know that from, you're looking at Michael Bridges coming off the bench. We know that from Dante DiVincenzo. There's all, there could, uh, it's always a guy that could be a six starter if he proves it. And Antoine's one of them guys. It's gonna be li- the lineup would be Antoine Gillespie, uh, uh, Samuels, Bay, and possibly Robinson Earl. That would come off, you know, or they would throw Cosby Roundtree in there again. I think Cosby Roundtree and Earl will rotate. Regardless. But Antoine's going to get his minutes. But then again, after 10 games, if you look at it and you see Antoine doing his thing, Antoine's going to get stuck at that starting guard position. You put, if you can put Antoine, uh, Samuels, and Bay all on the floor effectively, and then you look at Cosby Roundtree. I just think he's an anchor. There's no no doubt in my mind that the guy that would go back to the bench would be Robinson Earl. But then again, the hype is big. Inquire just wrote about him. But, you know, Jay Wright don't focus on hype, as we all know. Messing with Quinterly, we know he don't focus on hype. We know that it could be uh, Robinson Earl could still come off the bench and be a guy. That can get starters minutes, but come off the bench. No question. After that game with USC, NBA scouts are looking at everything he does. He's the most NBA scout look guy right now, you know what I mean, on the team, even over Antoine, because Antoine's hurt. If Antoine would have showed, Antoine was on that floor, you, NBA scouts would be like, oh, yep, I, I knew it. Soon as he starts, soon as he scores 10 points, NBA scouts are going to be right, but this is how, this is how it works. Your hyper go down until you play, and when you do it, they're like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. So that's going to happen for him. That's going to happen for Brian Antoine, man. That is going to happen for Brian Antoine. All right? That's going to happen. How he plays. Robinson Earl, the only reason I say Robinson Earl because he's been getting all the catered to you NBA press out of Villanova, period. People didn't put Brian Antoine at the bottom, bottom of the first hat, bottom of the first round, which would be a steal. Middle of the first round would be a steal. I mean, for real. So he's definitely would be the guy when Antoine would come back. They're gonna, they're not gonna rush him into the starting lineup. I just think Antoine would end up getting starters minutes. But what would be the lineup? I think it'll be both. I think it'll be times where you'll have Antoine Gillespie. Sadiq Bay, Samuels, and Roundtree. 
Then it'll be times where you'll have Robinson Earl at the five. It's all going to come out. All that's going to come out. And I think this is a team, period. Cole Swider looks like, and, and, and that could make your bench even better. Because if you could bring Antoine and Cole Swider off the bench and, and they score like that, that's crazy. That's bananas. Then you got a guy like Slater who can handle the rock. They had him handling the rock on the blue-white scrimmage. He was handling it like a – he can do that, though. He, he can do – people don't know about Slater. Slater's going to have his time to shine. Everybody's going to see what Brandon Slater brings to the table. Believe that. So this is a very talented team. Yo, this is Villanova Radio, man. I'm out. Yo, listen, I'm going to see y'all at Villanova Stony Brook. I'm going to be seeing y'all at Villanova Home Games. That is it. Uh, the Army game, I'm, I'm looking to see what happens there. I'm trying to get to that game. Yo, it's going down, man. Nova Nation, Nova game. We out, y'all. Villanova Radio.